And welcome to another edition of the Employment Law Show. You bet. John Scholes here alongside Lior Samfiru, employment lawyer, of course, from Samfiru to Markin LLP. Just happened to be the most positively reviewed law firm in the country. So you want to check out the uh, the Google reviews for that one. Yeah, as just mentioned there, you want to reach out toll-free and talk to us, ask your questions, whether you're in uh, BC or Alberta. We welcome you to the next hour of radio, one 9898 As we go live here on a lovely Sunday, email address is help at employmentlawyer.ca. And I'm sure sometime over the next hour, we will make reference to a website that is called pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. What does it contain? All kinds of information for you to learn about your employment law rights that you probably don't know. It's free, it's anonymous, and inside that website is also the severance calculator, which has been around for years. Over 2 million people have used it. The severance calculator, absolutely free. It'll tell you exactly how much severance you are owed if it comes down to the fact that you were ever let go from your job because guaranteed you are going to be shortchanged from your now former employer. So make sure you go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca and check that out. But we're uh, we're live here. We've got open lines, so feel free to call us over the course of this hour. Again, one 9898 We'll take your calls, answer your questions live. You make that show, you make the show that much better. So uh, so bring it on. We got a ton of email today. Lior, I want to get through a bunch of these because they're kind of piling up. So we got to answer some questions. But first you got a couple things you wanted to cover off for the week that was. Pal, what do you got going on today? Hey, John, I am here and ready and uh, anxious to answer as many questions as possible. Mm -hmm. So maybe you're you're driving or maybe you're at home. Uh, Maybe you're at the dentist, whatever. Uh, (laughs) Well, if you're at the dentist, it may be tough. But otherwise, call us with your questions because tomorrow's Monday. You're going back to work and you need to know what to do if something happened before the weekend or if you have some sort of an ultimatum or you're wondering, wait a second, my employer is doing this. Is it legal? Can they actually do this? Mm-hmm. No need to wonder anymore. No need to try to figure stuff out. I'll just tell you. So call us right now with whatever your question is. If it has to do with your job, your workplace, your legal rights in the workplace, this is the time. And of course, if you want to have a conversation with me, and you should, off air, private chat or private email exchange, we'll keep you, uh, giving you that contact information throughout this hour so that you can uh, reach out. You know, We can talk and, and I can give you some information on the radio, but for me to roll up my sleeves and get to work and make sure that your rights are actually enforced. For that, let's have a chat off air, so don't be bashful. So to give you an idea, as John said, of a couple of the situations, just a couple from many that I've dealt with this week, uh, let me tell you a bit about those. Uh, First matter I'll tell you about, I spoke with a, a lady who came to me for a second opinion. She actually had retained another lawyer, and the lawyer, uh, after a while, told her that they, he can't help her. And she wanted to know if I could. So here's what happened with her. She was let go some time ago uh, over the phone. Her employer called her, uh, didn't speak very nicely to her, said, that's it, you're done. I don't want to see you anymore. You're not coming back in next day. That was it. She retained the lawyer. Uh, and the lawyer sent a letter to that employer saying, hey, you better pay severance. She wasn't paid any severance. She didn't even get a letter uh, of termination, nothing. Just that call. So the, the, her lawyer said, you need to pay her a bunch of severance. And he was right. They absolutely needed to pay her severance. She had worked there for over four years. They probably owed her six to eight months of severance. Here's the problem. Company responds and says, well, wait a second. We never let her go. She called us and resigned. She said, we don't want to. Uh, she said, I don't want to come back to work. So she resigned. We accepted her resignation. And because she resigned, we don't know her anything. The problem was, of course, even though I completely believed her that she was let go, that she didn't resign, there was no way to prove it. There was no 
there was no letter of termination. There was no email. There was no record of employment that said, oh, we're letting you go. Nothing. So it put her in a very difficult situation. Now, if she had spoken to me back when she was let go, here's what I would have told her to do. I would have told her to immediately email or text her employer, simply one line or so saying, confirming that you let me go and told me not to come in. That's it. Goodbye. If she does that, that's all she needs. Then she can prove she was let go. Now, because that didn't happen, I actually can't help her. Uh, there's nothing I can do because we're not going to be able to establish that she was let go. So this is an important lesson, an important message for everyone. If at some point you're let go, if that happens in person or if it happens over the phone, if you don't have a letter of termination, send that email. Like I said, just a one line saying, confirming you let me go today. That's all you need. Now, most of the time, that's not going to be an issue. You will actually get a letter from your employer. So no problem. We're in business. We can make sure we get you your severance. But if you don't have that letter, send that email. For her, this means she's not going to get six or eight months of severance. She's going to get nothing because, unfortunately, her lawyer didn't tell her to do what I just said. But you know better now. If you're ever in that situation, send that email. Or even better, just give me a call. And if she doesn't get a response, if it's crickets... Well, that's even better. That's perfectly fine. Oh. If you send that email to your employer, they don't respond. That's the same as them agreeing and accepting it. That's all you need. Money in the bank right there. So send that email. Uh, a termination without a paper trail is not a good thing. Lots of time to call in. Bring it on. we got open phone lines if you're in uh, you know, Calgary, uh, Edmonton, Vancouver, Alberta, and BC. Bring it on. 1-877-399-9898. What is uh, the other matter you got to talk about, pal? I spoke with a gentleman who had been off for some time uh, due to a disability. He had a medical condition, but uh, luckily after a, a couple of months, he was cleared to come back to work. So he went to his employer, doctor's note in hand, saying, yeah, I'm, I'm good. I've been cleared. Can't, can't wait to come back. So his employer says, that's great. Great news. Happy to have you back, but we want to be extra safe. So what we're going to do is... We're going to have you get a second opinion. We're going to hire a doctor to, to review mm. you, to, to review your file and to examine you and to tell us if, in fact, you are able to do the job. He was not very happy about that because most people don't want to see another doctor if they don't have to, someone they don't know. There's privacy issues. But his employer said, no, no, that's the only way we're going to have you back. So he did the right thing. He called me and he wanted to know if his employer can make him go get that second opinion. The answer is no. He had a very clear doctor's note that made it uh, made it clear that he was able to work, that there's no limitations, that he's good to go. In light of that doctor's note, his employer can't say, well, we're not sure, we don't know, they can't argue with it, and they also can't make him see another doctor. There's no conflicting med medical evidence, so they have to take his doctor's note at face value. Remember, your employer does not have a right to make you see a doctor. If you have a doctor, all the information needs to come from your doctor. That doctor will be able to say your doctor whether you, you can work, whether you cannot work, if you need to be accommodated, if you have limitations. And whatever your doctor says is what matters. I've seen too many times employers try to put pressure on employees to get second opinions. They can't do that, John. Yeah, we've often talked about the uh, the angle as well of, of prognosis versus diagnosis and how much leeway your employer has too, right? Yeah, and um, something else an employer may say is, well, you know, if you tell your employer, we need, I need to be off for medical reasons, say, well, we need to know what that issue is. What, what is your medical condition? Before we say it's fine to be off, tell us what mm -hmm. it is. No, that's offside. 
Your employer has a right to know if you're able to work or if you're not able to work. Your employer is allowed to know uh, when you'll be back. Your employer is allowed to know what kind of limitations you have. That's perfectly fine and legitimate. What your employer can't demand to know is what is the condition or what medication you're taking. That's personal and that's private. That's not something your employer can demand of you. And you're absolutely able to say, employer, that's personal, private, uh, and I'm not going to tell you that. All righty. Welcome back. Thanks for hanging through the break. If you're uh, catching the show this afternoon, you want to uh, call in and ask your questions. We ask you to do so. You make it that much more interesting and uh, you won't sit in the dark and make mistakes possibly in your work life if you just make that phone call and ask your questions. No question is too silly. Trust me, we've heard them all. You want to do so, toll free 1-877-399-9898 to reach out through email and contact Lior anytime, help at employmentlawyer.ca. I want to mention as well, Lior does a ton of live streaming on Facebook and YouTube. You can join in that and ask questions as well. Where do you find it? You go to at stlawyers.ca, at stlawyers.ca. But uh, you're all over, uh, you're, you're the king of media, my friend, all over that and TV <laughs> as well. We do a ton of TV shows too. But let's get into our first email for the day. Andrew writes in and says, hey, Lior, I've been on a layoff for four months, but the company is still operating. I'm told that they don't know when I'll be called back to work. How long do I got to sit around? You know, John, the, the question of how long I get asked very often. I'm on a layoff. I don't want to be on a layoff. I just want to go back to work. How long can they keep me on this darn layoff? Well, here's the answer. The answer is you're looking at the wrong way because the answer is that they didn't have a right to put you on a layoff to begin with. So it's not a question of how long they can keep you on it. It's a question of, did they even have the right? And they didn't. Therefore, in most cases, when an employer puts you on a layoff, on a temporary layoff, you have the, the option to treat that layoff, to consider that layoff to be a termination of your employment and get severance. So because of that, if you're put on the layoff, you are the one that decides if you're going to accept it or not and how long you're going to accept it for. So if it's been a week and you say, you know what, enough is enough, I want to get my severance, you can do that. If it's been a month or two or four, you can do that. So it's not about how long your employer can keep you on a layoff. It's how long are you willing to stay on a layoff? You make that decision. So for this person, he can continue staying on a layoff. If he decides to wait, I have no idea how long he'll wait until his employer decides to do something. But there's the second option, which he can say, no, thank you, enough is enough. I'm choosing to look at this as a termination and get severance. If that's what he wants to do, or, or you at home, if that's what you want to do, if you don't want to be on a temporary layoff, let's talk. Call me. We'll talk exactly how we do that, how much you're owed. It's not a complicated process, so happy to chat. Just getting our first uh, call lined up here. Jim, we'll get to him in just uh, just a second. Danielle is up next with an email. It says, can Lior explain why there's such a big difference between what the severance calculator says at pocketemploymentlawyer.ca and then what the uh, Ministry of Labor says? Yeah, so, you know, the, the government, when you contact the government, uh, the, the provincial government, about your, about your employment rights, certainly with respect to termination, they'll outline your minimum entitlements only. So you contact employment standards, you contact the government, they'll tell you only your minimum entitlement. So for example, you work for a year, they'll tell you you're owed two weeks. But wait a second, not so fast. Those are your minimum entitlements, not your full entitlements. And what I mean by that is every employee has greater entitlements, more than just those minimums. That's what we call your common law entitlements. So when you go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca and when you use that severance calculator or when you call me, what you'll learn is how much you're really owed, the full amount, not what your minimum entitlements are. 
And the problem is, again, you're calling the government with that question. Uh, I've been working for a year. What am I owed? They'll tell you two weeks. In fact, you could be owed six months. Yes, even after a year. That could be your full entitlements. So that's why there's a difference. It's only a difference because, unfortunately, the government has decided that they don't want to assess a person's full entitlements. So they'll just do what's easy, which is let's just tell them what their minimum entitlements are and leave it at that. The problem with that, of course, is if you get that information and you don't know that that's not your full entitlements, you're going to end up accepting a completely inadequate severance package. And that's what you absolutely have to avoid. So you can't call the government if you lost your job. You can't call the government to assess and tell you how much you're owed in terms of severance. For that, you got to speak to me. Or you don't like me, speak to another employment lawyer. Or easier than that even, just go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca and use the severance calculator. You bet. PocketEmploymentLawyer.ca is that website. Let's get to our uh, first call for the for the day here. Jim is calling from uh, from BC. Hi, Jim. Thank you so much for taking the time. How are you? Yeah, I'm good, thank you. How about yourself? Good, sir. What's on your mind? Well, I was at an employer for 18 months selling uh, marine parts. They uh, hired a younger gentleman to uh, help me out. Uh, after the younger gentleman had learned everything, he surpassed my abilities on the computer. They terminated my position and kept his position. Gave me two months severance and said, see you later. So, so Jim, did you, uh, sorry, did you accept that severance? Did you sign off on it? I didn't sign anything. Okay. So you were selling marine parts, Jim, and how old are you? Uh, I'm in my 60s. Okay. And I think you said 18 months? I was with that employer for 18 months. So you're probably owed double that. You're probably owed four months severance. Now, I, I understand that your main concern probably is, wait a second, you know, why did they, they, they hired this guy to help me and they eventually they kept him and let me go. The reality is that they, they can do that as long as severance is paid. Now, it doesn't sound like what we're talking about is age discrimination. Maybe they just thought that he could be more efficient because he's better on the computer. Ultimately, they're allowed to make that decision as long as they pay proper severance. Proper severance for you is probably right around four months. So it's double what they paid you. So oh, okay. the good news is that you can get that. It's not hard to get those extra two months. What I want you to do is I want you to reach out to me after the show or off air. Let, let's talk and, and I'll help you get it because, yeah, if you're owed another two months pay, better in your pocket than in theirs, right? Right. Well, thank you very much, Sam. No Thank you, Jim. I appreciate the call today. And here's the uh, here's the number to get hold of uh, of Lior and his team. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. Give it to you again. One eight five five eight two one fifty nine hundred. And help at employmentlawyer.ca. Interesting call there because I know you touched on. You were wondering just for a sec if it was a matter of uh, age discrimination, which of course is a, a human rights issue. If that was the case, right? Yeah, and listen, it, it's it's always hard to say because. Rare is going to be, it's going to be very rare when your employer says, yeah, we're letting you go because you're too old or, or because of your mm-hmm, age. Yeah. Oftentimes you have to infer that from their actions. The reality is, is, as we've just said, is you can't be let go because of your age. You cannot be let go because the company wants to uh, or, or feels that you're too old to do your job. That's illegal. It's age discrimination. It's a human rights yeah. violation. So, you know, if you think that that's what's happening, that you're being either mistreated or being overlooked for a a promotion, or certainly if you've been let go and you think it's because of your age, we really need to talk because the law does not look favorably on that. And there could be some very significant uh, repercussions for an employer that does that.
Again, you got time to call through, just like uh, just like Jim there. Toll free one eight seven seven three nine nine ninety eight ninety eight. Get answers really quickly. That's a perfect uh, example right there. We'll get to uh, Steve on the email. It says Leor, I usually work around you know, fifty hours of overtime a month, for which I get paid. Recently, though, we have not been busy, so there's no overtime. Anything I can do about that? Yeah, obviously it's it's frustrating because if you can count on this these overtime hours, you always work them, you always get paid. You're starting to look at it as part of your compensation, and because of that, if it doesn't come, now you're taking a financial hit. So, so here's what I can say: if it's if the reason you're not working overtime or as much overtime is just because of the ebbs and flows of the business, the business is just not as busy. No one did anything. No one took it away. It's just the way the business is. Unfortunately, there's not going to be much that you can do about it. On the other hand. If the company says, you know what, instead of you working 50 hours a month overtime, we're going to spread that around and we're going to have a few other people work the overtime. Well, then your employer is making a decision to take away your regular overtime. Essentially, your employer is deciding to give you, to give you a pay cut. Can't do that in most cases. That can absolutely be a constructive dismissal. So your employer taking away your overtime, probably constructive dismissal. Your employer not taking it away, it's just being reduced because the business is not as busy. It, it, it's a business reality and there's not much that you can do about it. So what I would tell them is, let's see what happens when the business picks up. If you're back to getting your overtime, fine. If at that point your employer decides to give it to someone else or do something else, you may be looking at a constructive dismissal. Well, let's, let's go down that constructive uh, dismissal road for a moment. If that's the case and uh, you get them out of there with severance, up and down, ebb and flow, as you say, how do you calculate that severance? Because it sounds like his, his, his paychecks have not been consistent like a pure salary. Exactly. And, and that's very common. If your mm -hmm. pay is not always the same, commission, bonuses, we look at an average. Depending how long you've worked there, we'll look at one to three-year average because we have to account for your total compensation, not just your bare minimum salary. So that is an important thing to remember if your job fluctuates or if your pay fluctuates, uh, we simply look at an average. And welcome back. Good afternoon. It's Sunday. It's a great time, as it always is on a Sunday, to discuss employment law and keep making you smarter. We all work uh hours and hours every week and how do you how do you navigate those waters simple you listen to this show you listen to Lior and call them when we're not doing the show or during the show afterwards 1-855-821-5900 right and help at employmentlawyer.ca but as just mentioned we'd love to get you on the air and talk to us toll free 1-877-399-9898 we'll get to Sharon who is uh next up Sharon thank you so much for standing by for a moment how are you today fine wonderful what's your question um it's actually for, uh, I'm uh, president of a skating club, but she also works for another skating club. It's one of her coaches. She was given a contract last year, um, and she taught off-ice dance three sessions a week on Fridays, and she was given a contract again this year by the board. And in the meantime, they also hired a new I, um, person that came on to do all the off-ice scheduling, and he basically just, ignored the contract go and ghosted her and hired somebody else so what do you do in that case so so just so i'm clear she signed a contract to, to to do work to whatever teach or whatever it is and that never happened they actually didn't end up following through on it is that what we're saying exactly okay so uh and she the, has the key written here. The board. yeah she has written the board and she has it written the off-ice scheduler and they just, nobody's gotten back to her. No, it's just like she's being ghosted. 
So the key here to understand what she's owed in this situation is for me to see the, the document, the contract that she signed. I want to understand, did the contract give her, uh, give that, that company, that, that employer, uh, an out? What the out was? How soon could they trigger that out? And on what basis? Uh, because it's possible, uh, quite likely potentially, that this was a contract for a year? It was a contract that ran from September to March. But so they it's do quite possible. They do have a 30-day clause on either side, but there's nothing been communicated to her that they have maybe taken the option of canceling the contract. Yes. So it's quite possible that they owe her for the period of September to March, even though she's not working and and even though they've decided not to follow through on it, that they owe her for that period. Uh, So that could be obviously very significant. Uh, she's not going to get very far or anywhere, really, by contacting the board or anywhere else there. She needs to reach out to me. I want to connect with her. I want to read the contract, and I'll be able to tell her once I've read the contract in two minutes exactly what she's owed and how we go about getting that. It's not going to be complicated. Usually, it's, all it's going to take is one letter from me. So that's what she needs to do, Sharon. She needs to contact me as soon as possible, and, and once I've reviewed everything, we'll know exactly what we're, what we're up against. And what's the easiest way to contact you? I'm going to give that uh, that information to you right now, Sharon. I'll repeat it uh, throughout the remainder of the show, but the number uh, your friend can use, 1-855-821-5900. Again, 1-855-821-5900. And it has the option of help at employmentlawyer.ca through, uh, through email. So that should, uh, that should take care of it for you right there. But appreciate your time, Sharon, and best of luck and give that to your, uh, give that to your colleague for sure. Good stuff right there. Uh, emails. Leo, let's get to a few more of these as we get into uh, some more phone calls. we still got time, by the way, toll-free. Do like Sharon and make that call, one 877 Leanne, let's move down to Leanne. says, Leor, my boss, announced that the company I work for is likely to shut down in the next year. Can they avoid paying me severance if the company shuts down? What do you think? And obviously, John, that's always going to be a big concern of yours, right? If you hear that the company's shutting its doors and, you know, they're going to stop operating, you're going to worry not just about your job, of course, but you're also going to worry about, are they going to be able to pay me what they owe me? So let's be very clear here. A company that shuts down, that decides not to operate, still has to pay severance. That does not relieve them of their severance obligations. And remember, that severance can be as much as two years' pay per employee, depending how long they've worked there, etc. It does not relieve them of that obligation. And even if a company doesn't have revenue that it's generating because it's shut down, they still may own property, they may own equipment, they have accounts receivable. So they have the financial means that we can enforce severance against. So absolutely, them shutting down does not mean, does not mean that you don't get severance. What it does mean is you want to act quickly on it. You don't want, okay, they shut down, I'll, I'll you know, go away and I'll deal with it a year from now. By then it may be too late. So if you know the company is shutting down, let's be proactive. Let's talk about it now. Let's make sure we get everything that you wrote. Now, this is very different, by the way, if the company declares bankruptcy. Right. Bankruptcy is a, a formal legal process and it's a legal proceeding. If the company is actually in bankruptcy, that is bad news. You will not get severance, or if you're lucky, you'll get pennies on the dollar, unfortunately. That's the problem with bankruptcy. But shutting down absolutely does not mean bankruptcy, not at all. The vast majority of companies that shut down are not in bankruptcy. So uh, let's be very clear on that. And if you're not sure, hey, very easy. Just give me a call. 
Help at employmentlawyer.ca is the email address. Brian is coming up, says, I worked for a company for five years, then I quit. A year later, they convinced me to come back. They just let me go. How much severance am I owed? Hmm. So that's that, that, that's an interesting situation. By the way, John, you, you think it's rare, but it's absolutely not. And the situations where you work for a company, you leave, then you come back later on. Now you've been let go. How much severance do you get? Well, in most of these cases, the law does recognize the fact that you should get credit for all your service, even if the service is not continuous. So in this situation, he probably gets credit for the five years that he had before. So that may, means now he has an extra five years for severance. That, that can make a huge difference to calculate a severance. Now, what we would look at if there's a gap is how did you end up coming back? Did you apply for a job or did they come and recruit you? Did you have to go on probation when you came back? Uh, did they treat you like a new, brand new employee or not? But when we look at all those things, we'll always be able to say if your service should be continuous. A lot of employees have a lot more service than they realize and they think that they do. Because they think that, well, it's only the last few years that count because before that I was not here for a couple of years. Mm -hmm. No, it's quite possible that all your years of service count. And of course, the more years of service, the more severance. Doesn't make a difference whether it was the situation which he wrote, Brian wrote here, where it says he quit and then was brought back versus they let him go and then brought him back a year later. It doesn't really matter. Whether he quit right. or, or came back is not as important. What matters is how he came back. Mm -hmm. So if he if he found a, a job ad and he applied and he went through interviews and he started on probation, then they treated him like a brand new employee. So it probably means he doesn't get credit for his past years. On the other hand, if he got a call from the, his former boss and say, hey, how about you come back here? And he started working and they didn't put him on probation because they knew him already. Well, at that point, the law is going to say, well, if you're treating him like he's not new, then he's not. Means he's get, that means he gets credit for his past service. So it's very important if you're going to come back uh, from, uh, to, to a job that you left previously – Pay attention. If you can avoid going on probation, avoid it. If you're, if you can avoid uh, having a brand new employment agreement, avoid it. The the more you do that, the more service you'll have. Okay, you mentioned that right at the end there. So if you're going to put your employer hat on now, brand new employment agreement, can you word that something to the effect of we don't recognize past service, blah blah blah, and then start fresh, thereby skipping absolutely. the five years you know, right? Yes. So an employer can absolutely do that. So an employer can do almost anything, frankly, by way of an employment agreement, including saying, just so you know, your service is going to be considered to start today, not five years ago. So that employment agreement for, for an employer, very, very important for an employee. You don't want to have that agreement. As I've said many times, you're better off having signed something on the back of a napkin, right? Or a handshake deal. You don't want to have that 10 page agreement because probably seven and a half of those 10 pages are going to contain things that you don't want, things you don't like, things that are going to take away rights that you otherwise have. So for an employer, more is more. For an employee, less is more. Yes, you still have some minutes to uh, give us a call and ask your questions toll-free. That is the number, one 877 Email that we're using today and you continue to use any time for yourself is help at employmentlawyer.ca. And as I mentioned, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca, that website constructed just for you to learn a ton and have access to the severance calculator as well. In fact, I'll give you another. They mentioned employmentlawyer.ca just on its own, employmentlawyer.ca. If you go to that website, right across the top, it says Knowledge Center. Click on that. You're going to get access 
access to our TV shows, all our radio episodes, the Severance Calculator, Pocket Employment Lawyer, fantastic resource, employmentlawyer.ca. But I digress. Back to another email, Lior. Uh, Frank gets the uh, the trophy today for the most asked email of the show, for <laughs> sure. Everybody's wondering this. Says, I've been working from home for the last six months. My boss just told me on Friday that I have to start coming into the office two to three times a week. Wait, what? Can they do that? Yeah, and certainly you're right. It's been asked and, and wandered by, by thousands and thousands of people mm-hmm. across the country. Uh, you know, certainly during COVID, a lot of us, maybe most of us, have been working from home. And what happens now when they want us to come back to the way things were? So here's how this shakes down. Ultimately, an employer is able to say, we're going to go back to the way things were pre-COVID. In most cases, an employer can say, if pre-COVID you were working in the office full-time or two to three days, we're going to go back to that to that arrangement. And they can do that in most cases. And if they do that, there's not much that you can do about it. If you choose not to, that may be a resignation. Here's some exceptions. Number one is a situation where they told you you're going to continue working from home indefinitely. Don't worry about it. And maybe you relied on it. Maybe you moved further away because of that. Uh, you know, Maybe you spent all this money to upgrade your home office because you knew you're going to continue working. Well, if your employer essentially promised you that you're going to work remotely and you relied on that, they can't take it back. They cannot just say, well, we've changed our mind and now you have to come in. So that's number one. The other situation is if you were hired during COVID and you were hired to work remotely and you were never told you're going to have to go back to work at some point, then your employer can't change its mind. They can't just decide to tell you to come in. If you are always working remotely, you never worked in the office, then you, you have a right to continue. And if your employer says that's not an option, that could be a constructive dismissal now. So very important to remember that. And if you're not sure what you, uh, how your situation uh, fits here and what rules apply to you, no problem. Just give me a call. We can talk about it and I'll help you. Sounds very nuanced, right? So you'd be uh, you'd want to make that call to Lior for sure before you uh, take a step off anywhere for sure. Uh, the number one eight seven seven three nine nine ninety eight ninety eight. We get to uh, Tara, who's taking the time to call in this afternoon. Hi, Tara. Thanks for hanging on. How are you? Good. How are you? Excellent. What's your question? Um, I work in a professional job for the last decade, and it is a salary position, so forty hours a week. But as part of the position. Um, it's called, or it was a bullet point called emergency on call work. But as part of the employment letter, it didn't say above and beyond your 40 hours. So over the last decade, I've had to respond to many on call situations, working above and beyond my 40 hour week and not paid. So just wondering if there's any, I don't know if there's compensation owed or whatnot, but can they force you to work over your 40 hour week? If it's not specified in the contract, and it is a it is a professional salary job, and it's um, for example one weekend I work a total of seventy two hours because there were so many emergencies wow. at at site, and it was all not paid. So, very very good question. So there's a couple of things we need to discuss first. So we'll discuss two things. Number one is, can they make you do it? And number two is, what do they have to pay you for it? So in terms of making you do it, if you had just started a job and you signed an agreement saying you're working 40 hours, then your employer would not be able to say, well, now we we also also need you to work these extra hours every day or every weekend, because that's not what you agree to. So you'd be absolutely able to say, no, I'm not doing that. Now, that's changed for you because over the last however many years you've been doing it, 
So it's become an implied term of your employment arrangement that your employer has you do these hours. And if you say, now I'm stopping to do that, that could be a problem because it became a term of employment. So that, in terms of can they do that, at this point, I'm going to say yes. The real issue, though, is overtime pay. Because unless you're an employee that's exempt from, uh, from overtime, they have to pay overtime if you work more than 44 hours a week. If you work more than eight hours a day or if you work more than 44 hours a week, anything extra would be a time and a half. So as an example, if you work 60 hours, that's 16 hours over the 44. So those 16 hours would be paid a time and a half, even if you're on a salary. So the only time you wouldn't do that is there's certain positions that are exempt, you know, for example, you know, doctors and, and lawyers and a few other, you know, managers are exempt. But if you're not in an exempt position, they have to pay you that overtime. Got it. Okay. Thank you. Thanks, Tara. No Appreciate uh, your time. If you want to reach out further or have a, uh, another question you want to ask after the show, you can do that. one 821 5900 and help at employmentlawyer.ca. That's where we're going right now to grab another uh, another email with some remaining time. Stan is up next as Lior, myself, and six other colleagues have just been let go because of cost cutting. We all got two weeks' pay for each year of service. Is that what the law says? <laughs> it's not. <laughs> and, and, you know, hopefully by now our, our uh, listeners are shaking their heads furiously because they know what I'm about to say. Not even close. No, not at all. Now, for most people, you're owed much, much, much more than that. So, in the, and by the way, one thing I often see is, well, you know, five people were let go. We were all got the, about the same amount of severance, so it must be right. Or, you know, everyone got the same two weeks per year or one week or three weeks. So, it's easy to think because everyone got it that it's legal. No, all that means is that everyone actually got wrongfully dismissed. Very, very common situation. So you're owed much more than that. You can go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca, use our severance calculator there, find out how much you're actually owed, and tell your friends as well. Don't accept it. The problem is this. You may have been offered uh, a tenth of what you're owed, Mm -hmm. and you may not know that. And because of that, you sign and you accept it. Once you've signed it, that's it. There's no going back. There's no changing your mind. There's no realizing, wait a second, that was a horrible deal, so I don't want it anymore. Once you've signed it, you're stuck. So the time to get advice is before you sign so it's not two weeks per year it's not three weeks per year just go to pocketemploymentlawyer.ca find out exactly what it is and what it what it needs to be sarah you're up next says leor i am five months into my maternity leave and got a call on friday that the company doesn't have a job for me and that they will be paying me severance are they allowed to do this yikes well unless the company is somehow clairvoyant or has a time machine how would they know that there's no job for her? Because presumably she's not going to be only be off for five months. I, I mean, again, I don't know how long she's planning to be off, but let's say she's planning to be off for a year. So she still has another seven months to go. How do they know that they don't have a job for her seven months from now? Seven months from now, they may be desperately in need for her. They may say, we need you and three more like you because we need you. So for a company to say now, we're, just, we're letting you go now because we just know that at the end of your maternity leave, there's no job, that's illegal. It's illegal because their legal obligation is to take you back. And they can only figure out if that's possible when you're ready to come back, not months before. So by them jumping the gun, they've done something illegal. Potentially, that's a human rights violation. That's potentially uh, a breach of employment standards. And it could also be a wrongful dismissal. So it's illegal. 
your employer, what they should do is let you do your maternity leave. And when you're ready to come back to work, bring you back. If the job legitimately doesn't exist, there's just no job. Uh, we've shut it down. There's nothing there. Then and only then are we going to have the severance discussion, not seven months before you're ready to come back from leave. Yeah, seven months into 2019, we didn't know what was coming around the corner, did we? There you go, a perfect example of how things can change, right? But, I mean, they can't, as you've said, you don't mess with mama or data when it comes to maternity <laughs> leave or paternity leave. Just don't do it. Just don't do it. It's very simple, John. If you're, you're taking your parental leave, you have to be brought back, same job, same pay. I don't know that I can put it any simpler than that. And an employer that mm-hmm. doesn't do that is going to face significant consequences. All right, we are done for the day. Appreciate you reaching out. If you emailed or gave us a call today, love it. Thank you so much. We're back at it next week as well. So in the meantime, you can send an email to Lior and his team, help at employmentlawyer.ca. The phone call, 1-855-821-5900. And I'll give you that website again, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. That also contains a severance calculator. You will get the accurate number. Just use that. It takes about 30 seconds. Don't need your name, anything. It's anonymous. Again, pocketemploymentlawyer.ca. Enjoy the rest of your weekend and the following week, and we'll catch you next time on the Employment Law Show.